All right. Happy Thursday, mamas. I hope you are all doing great. As you probably heard in multiple of my episodes, I've got my little co-pilot here sleeping next to me. So if you hear coos or noises, it's probably her, probably her just stirring. So today I am going to kind of just ramble some of my thoughts, some things that I've been thinking about, conversations that I've been having with other moms around this idea of perfectionism. And I will say I am a very type A personality. I I am a a driver. I have, I'm very good at organizing and to-do lists and I love to achieve and I get a lot of self-worth from achievement and being the best and being perfect and something I very much have had to work on for a very long time, probably the last 10 years of my life, of that I don't I don't have to receive love because I'm an achiever or I don't have to receive love. I shouldn't say it that way. That love is not based on whether I can achieve something or not. I can be loved without achieving big things or marking all my to-do list or being perfect, that I can be loved being imperfect and not doing a damn thing in the in the day. So I've had to work on that a lot. But where this I find myself really struggling with this some days is around my kids. And so this is more of a parenting, I guess, conversation than anything. But if you are pregnant or just had a baby, maybe use this as a way to, if you're the type of person like me, to give yourself some grace. And I'm totally speaking to myself in most of this episode. So let's just start there. This is not a lecture. This is not, this is not guilt. This is mostly just maybe I need to listen to this episode on certain days. But I find that I can get so caught up in my brain around being perfect that it's overwhelming. And then I also find that I end up not being present because I'm critiquing myself all day on, did I do that perfectly? And that's everything from, am I handling a tantrum perfectly? I've talked before on this episode that Justin and I are very much a, we're not spankers, we're not yellers, we're not put your kid in a timeout and leave them alone. I'm very much about making sure that my kid can self-regulate his emotions, that he knows that he's loved no matter if he's having a bad day or a good day, that not everything is based on performance. This is one that I actually really probably overanalyze the most is the performance, right? And this is this is part of the conversation is I get so wrapped up in my own thoughts that I start to overwhelm myself. But just to kind of go down, take you down the rabbit hole is I'm very much a person that thrives on being told good job, that I'm doing a great job. And I can find that I I start to get resentful is probably not the word, but if people aren't telling me good job or that I'm doing great, or if I'm not being being seen as doing a good job, that can start to have an inner reflection on my self-worth. And that's not good because I want to love myself whether I'm doing a great job or I messed up, which also means that I struggle a lot more with failure when I'm not good at something. And I've talked about this a little bit on other episodes. Like it could be something as simple as I can't get the freaking dishwasher closed and it's pissing me off. And so, you know, I'm irritated or I just know as a child, like if if I wasn't good at something, like you better, I will like dig myself into the ground to be good at it because I don't want to not be good at something because being good at something has always given me some sort of love, right? And I've been good at a lot of things in my life and I'm very proud of myself for the things that I have been good at. But I also see where it's done me a disservice for loving myself when I'm not good at things. So I say all that to say that I find myself 
over reflecting sometimes when it comes to parenting. So like Isaac is really big into like throwing things and, and just he's, he's so adventurous right now. And he's, he's so curious and non-fearful. And so I find myself telling him like, good job. Oh my gosh, you're doing so awesome. And then I'll catch myself saying it a couple of times and I'm like, wait, I need to tell him, I need to ask him if he's proud of himself. Does he enjoy it? Even though he's only one and a half and of course he's not gonna fully answer me back, I want him to start having the realization that he doesn't get love based on him doing a good job. Of course, I'm proud of him and I want him to know he's doing a good job, but I don't want him to feel like he only gets love when he's doing a good job. And so again, this kind of goes back to the response of parenting of why, you know, when he's like, he's teething right now. So we're getting a lot of, I made a joke the other day. We're like the Katy Perry song, Hot and Cold. You're hot and you're cold. You're up and you're down. You're this and you're that. Like whatever, however the song goes. That is Isaac right now. He's got four teeth coming in. And man, we can go from laughing to like full out scream crying in a matter of seconds. It's wild. (laughs) So with that, when he's scream crying, you know, we're very much the type of parenting style that you know, I'm going to hug him and I don't have to say a lot. I just want him to know that I'm here and that I love him, even though he's having a hard time. Or when he misbehaves, like I've noticed sometimes in little rages of anger, he wants to hit. And of course, you know, we're, we're teaching, we don't hit people that we love. And, you know, so I'm not, not saying just like neglect and don't give any kind of parenting advice or boundaries, but I'm also wanting him to know that he's still loved in that moment. I still love him. He's still He's still safe. He's still loved, even when he's doing something wrong. Because I have had a very hard time feeling loved if I'm not being perfect. And so in that, I I want to not do that to him in parenting. I don't know why I'm about to cry, but I am. This is postpartum hormones. God only knows. So that being said, I find myself critiquing myself a lot in parenting. Like I'm holding myself to this high golden standard And it can be exhausting. On top of that, like everything that I know about health and brain development and all that, you know, I'm trying to do all those things too. Like, is he getting outside? Is he playing? Is he getting grounded? Making sure that he eats the right nutrition. And all those are very like high values in our life and very important to us. So I'm not going to neglect those things, but I'm just saying that they all start to add up, right? All of these things of trying to create the most perfect human can start to be exhausting. (laughs) And exhausting is not the right word because my kids give me so much life, you know, but when you're trying to be so intentional 100% of the time, I think you put yourself on a, on a pedestal, or at least I'm putting myself on a pedestal of, of who I'm supposed to be. And it can just be tiring sometimes because your brain never shuts off if you're doing everything right or not. And so my husband is so great because he'll get to the point where he can see that it's happening, right? And so then this is where he he sits me down and he's like, they are loved. Like ultimately that's what they need, right? They need to know that they're loved and you give that to them. So just relax a little bit on critiquing yourself if you're saying everything right or did you handle every parenting moment right? And I, I don't handle every parenting moment right. I definitely have gotten frustrated or I've yelled or, you know, another example is Justin might do something that irritates me and now I'm, now I'm yelling because that is my default and I'm really trying to work on it. I'm yelling and I'm irritated and my kid is watching that. And then I go into self-critiquing that, right? Because my kid is watching that. I don't want him to see that that's how a marriage is, that we yell. That's how we handle anger. 
that we yell. I don't want him to see that. So then I critique myself on that. And at the end of the day, we're human. So we're having human moments. We're not going to be perfect 100% of the time. So if this is you and you're not perfect 100% of the time, like give yourself grace. And like I said, I'm not lecturing. This is totally a conversation to myself, a reminder to myself that I need to give myself grace, that I am an amazing mother, that I am exactly the mother that these kids need. Boy, it's hard sometimes. It's really hard sometimes. And I say all that to say that if you haven't gotten this book, The Nurture Revolution, I follow her on Instagram. So you can go find her on Instagram. She's amazing. I repost almost everything she does because she's talking about the infant, young child brain. You know, I'm obsessed with the brain. Everything I'm talking about right now is because I want their brain. I know that so much of who they are going to be is developed in this first seven years. And so I put a lot of pressure on myself of making sure that I'm doing everything I possibly can do to make sure that they have the best brain and that they have self-confidence and that they know they're loved and they're strong and they're capable and they don't have to be perfect and all these things, right? I have a long list of everything you want for your child. But this book is amazing. Of course, you're gonna ask yourself what mother has time to read. I'm making it like pages a day (laughs) because... I don't have time to read. But one of the things she says in here that I wanted to share with you, and I've highlighted it because every time I open it, I need to reread it. She says, there is no such thing as a perfect brain. Perfection is not the goal, not for our children, not for us as parents. What happens to us shapes us. We can't control everything about pregnancy, birth, postpartum, or parenting, but we can influence how much we nurture. And This is a lot of what she's talking about in this first chapter is that nurture is really what what can help that brain develop. And when babies are receiving nurturing care in the first three years of life, it builds a strong, resilient brain, brains that are less susceptible to poor mental health for life. And she even talks about in here, that doesn't mean that you have it together all the time. That doesn't mean that you're not going to snap because kids need to see you apologize. They need to see you, for example, with the fighting with when I'm overwhelmed and then I'm yelling at Justin, which is mostly when that happens because we don't really fight, but I can get overwhelmed and then I take it out on him, which is not fair. But kids also need to see that you know how to apologize. They need to see that you know how to make up, that you guys can reconcile, that you can have disagreements and still love each other. God, and doesn't our world need more of that? That you can have a different opinion than somebody else and still love each other or that you can share different thoughts and still love each other. Our world definitely needs more of this right now. But they need to see that. And so you having a bad moment or you having a bad day is only makes you human and makes them see that you are human. And they're watching for how you recover from that. So I realized too that in my moments where I'm not perfect, it's also teaching them to have a stronger brain and teaching them to be more resilient and to be, it's teaching them. And so those moments not aren't necessarily bad and I need to quit judging myself so harshly for when I have those moments because none of us has it together 100% of the time. <laughs> and if you do, you're probably uber stressed out trying to have it together 100% of the time. So all that to say, this is just a podcast on grace and perfectionism and being okay, not being perfect, and knowing that you are still creating an amazing human brain if you are not perfect all the time. And that's not the goal. That's not the goal. And, you know, I don't want my kids to feel like they have to be perfect all the time. Gosh, you know, that's also not what I want to teach them. So 
I need to give myself the grace that I would give my children. And that is so much easier said than done. But if you haven't bought this book yet, go buy it or listen to it on audio. I think it's on audiobook. If anything, just go follow her on social media. She posts the most amazing stuff about the brain and she's got so much research on it. And I just find it fascinating. I find the, the brain in general fascinating, but I definitely find the young brain because this brain is what's setting them up for how they handle life in the future. This first seven years, she really talks about zero to three in this, but you know, I've talked to you guys before about Bruce Lipton's work, zero to seven, really crucial time frame for a kid's brain. And so this is when you really want to be more intentional about developing that brain, but not to the point of critiquing yourself so harsh like I'm doing to myself. So that being said, I hope this was helpful. If anything, it was a therapy session for me. And if you have things you want me to talk about or things that you're struggling with as a mom, I'd love to know. Find me on Instagram, DM me. You can also find me on Threads or YouTube. And of course, I try to drop an episode every Thursday. I'm not going to say an episode comes out every Thursday because I am a mother and God only knows I'm probably going to miss a couple Thursdays here and there. But so far, I've hit every Thursday. So find me on Instagram. That's really where I'm at. And I just thank you for listening if you've hung in there this long. And I hope you have a beautiful Thursday and I'll see you next week.